Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Vincent Bova. Thank you for tuning in to Empowering the Communicator. The topic of today is dynamic communications. You're listening to Empowering the Communicator, where solutions to unique communication challenges are discovered, connecting you to your audience with influence and impact. With your host, Anthony Vincent Bova, leading communication pain point and solution specialist. I don't know any business professional who doesn't want to be more dynamic because if you're more dynamic, you, you're more captivating, you're more charismatic, I guess, is maybe one word. There's something that people will want to see you more and be more attracted to what you ha- what your message is. And quite frankly, when you're really dynamic, it's very attractive. It's very attractive to look at someone speak dynamically, to speak with these different colors coming out of from every angle. It's, it's, it's fascinating. But let's talk about the process of getting more dynamic in your work, in your trade, as you speak about your subject. I had a client not long ago that actually made me think about doing this today because something really stuck out with him. And something happened just in, the, just in talking to him that I assumed everyone does and everyone doesn't do. So let me, talk, so let me tell you what it is. He came to me and he said, Anthony, um, I, uh, I heard about you through so-and-so. It was a recommendation. And I'd like to work on being more dynamic. I have to give a presentation to a large group of people in a few months, and I'm kind of nervous about it, and blah, blah, blah. He was in, he was in pain. <laughs> he was in pain about not only giving this speech, but... And it wasn't a long speech. It was maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes. But he was all kind of... He was uptight and... I'm, I'm just listening to him. Now, I forget exactly what the what his job title is, but I asked, I said, what do you do? Something about creating programs for other people to use to then make manufacturing parts for industrial equipment. It was, it went quite a few ways. And I said, um, oh, okay. First thing I said is, how do you feel about what you do? He goes, well, I've been doing this, you know, 14 years now. I said, yeah, okay, you've done it 14 years. How do you feel about what you do? He goes, well, you know, it's a job. It's, it's demanding. You know, I have to use every part of my brain when I do this job. I said, okay. I went back. So how do you feel about what you do? I kept going there, right? Because clearly he was avoiding how he was feeling about it. It wasn't. So the first thing I wanted to say is that he had no emotional investment. There was no excitement, emotional excitement about what he did or very little. So then finally I started to poke around and... Uh, and then we got to it. I'll explain later uh, how we got to it. But my point is that the first thing about being more dynamic is that you have to have an emotional investment. That's just stage one. That's not stage one. It's a prerequisite. We haven't gotten to stage one. If there's no emotional investment in your topic, you will not speak about it in an exciting way. You have to find what that is about what you do that really lights your fire. And that has to be the that has to catapult you forward. That has to be the thing that your hook, or maybe a, a better symbol for me is your anchor. You have to be anchored into that in order to start really being dynamic. But let's talk about the process. It's really, I believe, for at least as the way I do it, and you know, I always say this, people: there's no one way to do anything as it relates to communications. There isn't, but you have to find your way. And 
in the work that we do, we put out templates, principles for you to help to help you find your way within it. These are the principles that I want to talk about, and it's three and it's three parts. You have to stretch your intellectual, emotional, and psychological elasticity. Now let's break it down. Intellect. Now there are many different definitions in the dictionary, right? But one of the the definition that popped out for this is intellect. A person processing a great capacity of thought and knowledge. So basically, you want to really challenge your thought and knowledge in many different ways on how you look at your subject. Now, the enemy to doing that is something called logic. When logic comes in and it's so, so, so strong, it doesn't give you the freedom to think outside of logic. So that's an exercise unto itself. You want to start to allow yourself to kind of dream, almost fantasy, go around with different things that might not be logical. People think it's it's an expression, dynamic communication. It is an expression, but it starts from dynamic thinking. You have to be thinking dynamically in order to express that, right? So that's one. Two, emotional elasticity. If this is kind of where your emotion is and you just don't get too high and you don't get too low and you're just kind of right here about everything, well, um, hmm, this is not going to be fun to listen to. I want to kill myself just listening to myself do that. No good. One of the ways you want to do that is to be in a very safe place, perhaps by yourself, and practice out loud, not in your head, not in your head, because it's, if it's in your head, it's cerebral. It could stay there. It had. This is about expression, right? Loves, hates, your jealousies, apprehensions, disappointments, dreams, successes, goals, everything really loud and in many different ways. And when I say many different ways, you start with one, go to the other, go to the other. So you, it's kind of this rainbow of expression. So you're, you're, expressing yourself and give yourself, I'm going to say a theatrical license, if you will, to be bigger than life, even if it doesn't feel authentic in that moment. Why? It's like stretching a rubber band. If you stretch it really, really to the fullest extent, it might not be natural for the uh, how strong that rubber band is, right? It might be challenging it to break, kind of. Well, you know, I'm not challenging you to break, but you're, you're challenging the to the extent of it, right? And then when it comes back, it'll come back at a place that is more loose. It is, it's stretched out. It's basically stretching, thinking about stretching out physically. So when you go to the gym, right? And, or you're going to work out, you stretch. When you're stretching, that stretch might not feel natural. It might not feel authentic. You might feel like, oh my God, this is... But when you let go of that, you go, ah. And it's at that point, you might feel more free. Same exact thing with the emotional, theatrical expression of of all the different colors of what you love. And, And I would spend a good amount of time on that, maybe five, 10, 15 minutes. Always put a timer on, by the way, so you don't have to think about the clock. You just keep going and going. And then there's the third the psychological elasticity. Now, when I look it up here, it says the mental characteristics or attitudes of a person or group. What is your attitude about everything? Are you are you the type of person where you're like, well, I can't really say anything, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to perceive it. And so 
I won't say it, and I'm not sure if they're going to understand, if they'll approve of me. Is that where, you, if that's where your psychology is, then that has to be challenged as well. And the way you want to challenge that is that you want to always start these exercises. I'm going to recap this later on in a safe place. And you want to say certain thoughts and ideas that you're concerned that you might be judged of or in some way, and you want to say it in front of people that are safe. I call it the no risk place. You need a place to fail. In order to practice this, in order to be more dynamic, I think it's it's incredibly important that you have a place to fail. Why? Because you have to, in order to be dynamic, you have to be free and open. And you've got to experience one impulse after another and learn in the moment something new. Well, this is getting me to another point. You ever go to the theater and you're captivated or you're seeing a movie and you're like, oh my God, this is like, and you're really moved. There's a good chance that that actor is learning something quite new in that moment. And because they're learning something new in that moment, you're learning it new with them. That's pretty interesting. That's dynamic. You want to be with someone who's learning something new as they're speaking to you, right? You, and that again, that goes back to how you are looking at your subject. So the recap is intellectual, emotional, and psychological. You got to stretch it. All right. So let's do this exercise together. Pick an object that's in front of you. Just pick it. Doesn't matter what it is. I picked one to prepare for this talk, which was actually right in front of me at the time. I am picking a mason jar. Go with me here. All right. I'm going to go slow on purpose. Go along with me as I go through this exercise. Mason jar mugs, actually. They're not just the jars. They're the glasses. I have a lot of them. I have maybe 20 of them. That's what I drink out of in my home are these mason mugs. Let's make believe for this example that you have to give the, you know, a speech at the regional convention of mason mugs. And you've employed maybe, you know, several hundred new people from sales to production And they're all at this convention and they're listening to you. And the purpose of this talk is to introduce the Mason mug to the group of people, to have them interested in something that that they're taking on for their livelihood, for this, you know, this is their job. So if you look at the Mason mug and, you know, let's say you have your, your, a C-suite person and you're giving your, your 10 minute speech and you're, hi, I want you to hear this. Hi, my name is Anthony and I am happy to be here today. Thank you. And I'd like to talk to you about the Mason mug. The Mason mug is approximately 150 years old, and it's used in many different ways. Today, we use it a lot for drinking. Back in the day, and still today, it is used to preserve different types of foods and fruits and vegetables. How, how much longer could you hear that guy talk? Did he have any emotional investment in mason mugs or mason jars, what have you, right? Can't, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Hear it again. And then he, hear this as the difference. Don't hear this as in this is how it should be done, okay? Because how it should be done is based on that person, based on the event, there's, you know... Uh, this is an exercise. It's not, you know, c- copy and paste and this is how you do it. But 
so you get the difference, okay? Hi, everyone. I've got to ask you some questions before we start. Who likes to eat? Who likes meat? Who likes poultry? Show of hands. Come on. Seafood. Seafood. I want to see the seafood lovers. How about jams? Jellies? Raise your hands. Anyone here like pickles? I like pickles. I like the sweet ones. Raise your hand. Fruits. Fruit lovers? All right. How about tomatoes? I want to talk about tomatoes. Because what connects me to this jar are tomatoes. Why tomatoes? Back in the day, when I was a kid, my grandparents, every year, they would ship these crates of tomatoes and we'd spend all weekend making our own tomato sauce for the whole year. It was a, it's a whole process. Anyone that makes their own tomatoes uh, and they put them in the, and they can them in the mason jars, they know that there's a whole process and it's a beautiful tradition. And to go further, it's a tradition I'm very excited to bring back in the next year or two into my family. That's how beautiful it is. Now, the invention started in 1858 by John Landis Mason and he because he needed to find a way on how to preserve fruits and vegetables and other perishable foods that you'd have to boil first. And then he figured out how to get this jar with the rubber top and screw it on and how to preserve it for actually years. It's a beautiful invention that so many different people traditionally do today. And for me, it was it's the tomatoes. And that's what brings me to this. So this jar, every time I look at the jars in my cupboard, to me, I get a warm and fuzzy feeling. It brings me back to, I romanticize it. It brings me back to my backyard, sitting around the that round cement table that my grandparents made with the checkers on it, the checker thing on in the middle of the table. Okay, I'm going to stop here. The fact is that I went all over the place with this. Was that the exact speech? Is it too long, too short? Did I go too far? It doesn't matter. The fact is that I just didn't say what it was. Now, I got to say, technical people, if you're listening, the first time I did it, I hear a lot of you guys speak about your subject from that place. I'm going to challenge you to stretch that a bit, if I can, because it's fascinating. Because when I hear what you do, I become incredibly interested. I'm like, oh my God, you create that program and it does that. And, you know, it's really, really interesting. But if you don't see your own program in that way or your own subject in that way, you can't expect your audience to see it. If you're not jazzed, really jazzed about the different aspects of your subject, you can't expect people to think in a dynamic way about what you're saying. You see, they're going to really just mirror you. They're going to mirror you. So here's the, the good news is this. There's a lot of good news here. The good news is that there's a way to get more dynamic. The other side to that is that it does take work because you've got to challenge yourself on how you emotionally, psychologically, and intellectually. And again, rooted in your emotional investment your feeling about the subject. There's got to be something at stake. There's got to be a fire in you that connects you to this topic. So I'm hoping this made sense. And I also hope that this might inspire you on how to start to think about 
going about your next talk or your next conversation or to how to speak to your next prospect or client. Before I go, I want to just bring the other side onto this. When I go to the gym, you know what I end up doing a lot when I go to the gym? For some, for some reason, maybe, because, maybe it's because I'm a trainer. I look at other trainers and I study them. And I, stu- I study them and I keep studying them and I keep saying, do I want to work with that trainer? I always know if I want to work with a trainer, not by what the trainer tells me, but by me watching them train. And when I look at the trainer, I, and it doesn't matter what their client is doing. The client could literally be doing nothing but walking. Walk one step, another step, another step. When I'm watching the trainer examine and I could see how they're thinking. And they're, if they're thinking, where's the weight division? What's the uh, distance between the feet? Is it consistent? You know, whatever their drill is, the science behind why the person is walking, right, behind that exercise. When I see that happening, I say to myself, and I could tell he could be doing nothing, or she, he or she, doing nothing. They don't have to be animated. They don't have to. I could just watch them look. I could watch them work. And I could basically, I don't want to say see how they're thinking, but you can kind of pick that up. But I have to say, most of the trainers that I've seen, they've checked out. They've checked out. Well, most is a strong word. A lot of them. I see them and I could see that they're glancing. They start to glance at their phone when when they see that their client is like they're behind them or something so the client doesn't know that they're doing it or they I could tell that they're zoned out they've checked out now are they an expert perhaps do they have an eye on their client in case they do something a bit off yeah so these things are in check but the trainer's not thinking dynamically about the client And I always feel bad for the client when I see that. I do because they shouldn't be with a trainer that's not really, you know, that's not in tune to them. That's they're paying them for that exact reason. Now, I know it's hard and I know that not all clients are are, you know, Michael Jordan, where there are these state of the art athletes that might challenge them and all of that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The fact is they're paying for training and they need to have that dynamic attention. So this goes on beyond regular presentations. It even goes into facilitation, leading a team. You have to be thinking in dynamically with your people, with your crowd related to your audience. So take a look at that. All right, everyone. It was nice to uh, talk about this today. Feel free to leave some comments, give a little feedback. What are your areas that you would like to be more dynamic in. I hope this has helped challenge you a little bit and thank you for tuning in. Until next time, Anthony Vincent Bova. You've just listened to Empowering the Communicator, hosted by Anthony Vincent Bova. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please like and subscribe to this channel on your preferred podcast platform. And to know more about Anthony and his coaching, please visit edgeworksoftskills.com.